Welcome to the Purpose City Church Podcast, where we're dedicated to guiding you on a journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're thrilled to have you here, and regardless of where you're tuning in from, we have faith that this message will be a direct source of inspiration in your life. We are in the midst of a collection of conversations that we have titled Down with the King down with the king. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, are you down with the king? The king being Jesus, of course. I think we're in an age and time where there's a lot of wishy-washy, there's a lot of mixture, there's a lot of uncertainty about where people stand. I mean, they talk a good game. They say all the right things. They dress accordingly to the protocols and the procedures of the house of the Lord, which I don't know what those are because none of us are wearing robes. But when it comes to their life and how they live and the decisions that they make, and here it is, the thoughts that they think, is there a reflection of Jesus Christ in those spaces. When you are truly down with the king, you make it a priority to include him and represent him everywhere that you go. Now, that doesn't mean that we're perfect. We're far from it. Only the people that read the King James Version are perfect. But the rest of us are on a journey with the Lord. But what are you striving for? Are you striving to look like him? Are you trying to represent him? Are you trying to be a reflection of his goodness in the earth? That's what it means to be down with the king. And we anchored this entire series in a particular verse or two. Now, this won't be on the screen. You're going to have to actually read your Bibles. Anybody have a physical Bible here? Let me see it. Raise it, raise it, raise it. Amen, amen. What version, what version is that, doctor? What what version, what's that? NLT, you all right with me. Give it up for NLT. Yes, glory to God. I'm going to be reading Ephesians, the second chapter, uh, starting at the eighth verse. Ephesians, the second chapter, starting at the eighth verse. This is not on the screen, so you just got to... Open your Bible app. If you got an iPhone, you got no problem getting there. We're praying for these Samsungs. Ephesians 2, verse 8 reads, God saved you by his grace. Now that's good news right there. (laughs) He saved you, which tells us that we needed saving that we weren't going to make it, that we needed the help, that we were helpless. He says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this, although we really try. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, although we try. 
So none of us can boast about it, even though we like to. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things, not so we can have good church attendance. Not so we can have good-looking social media posts. So we can do good things. And not just any things. Not just things that we come up with or that we create in our own minds, but no, it says we were created to do good things that he planned. He being our Heavenly Father long ago. That's good news because it allows us to exhale a bit. Knowing that in all of those scriptures, there was only one part that we played when we believed. Everything else was his doing. Everything else was his idea. All we had to do was believe. But there is a requirement on the other side of that belief. Salvation is free. We just read that. It was a gift. We can't earn it. We can't pray enough prayers, give enough offerings, serve enough days to earn salvation. It's priceless. There was only one payment that could be paid, and that's the blood of an innocent king. His name was Jesus. And once we believed, there was a requirement on the other side because the salvation came as a gift from God, but he said that we were created anew in Christ Jesus to do good works. That means that on the other side of your belief, you shouldn't be unemployed in the kingdom. That means that there is something for you to do because the verse said he planned it long ago. But for some of us, we are captured in spiritual quicksand. We ain't done a darn thing. Or maybe we did something in a certain season but currently, we are, we're a free agent. <laughs> you know, Shohei Otane is a baseball player. My son currently plays basketball, but I think I'm about to get him some baseball lessons. Because this brother just signed 10 years, 700 million dollars to hit a baseball. Mighty God. <laughs> but he spent his whole free agency flirting with different teams to see who can give him the best offer. And that's some of you in the kingdom. You go from church to church looking Who's going to put me in the best position 
for my benefit. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, God has his plan for you that he thought of long ago. So the best thing we could possibly do is to seek him about where we should be. The best possible thing that we should do is seek him about what we should do in that place once he sends us. The last thing we should do is consult ourselves, come up with our own ideas, plans. No, no, no. Because he has plans for us that he planned long ago. The reason you're so clueless is because you haven't asked the king what his plan is. That he planned for you long ago. Speaking of plans, if you look in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you. It's another reminder that he has plans for you. You're so busy crafting your own plans that you haven't sought the plans of God for you. They are plans for good. Why would he need to tell you that? Because your enemy will tell you the opposite. He'll tell you you're not qualified. He'll tell you you messed up too bad. He'll tell you you're not like that person. And he'll make it seem like God doesn't have good plans for you. He'll try to make it seem like the plans of God are bad for you. You'll miss out. You won't be able to have fun. You need to Live a little first. Because he wants you to think that God doesn't have a good plan for you. It's not for disaster. Mm -mm. It's to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, you see that requirement? In those days when you pray, Not when the man of God speaks a word over my life. No, no, no. When you pray. When you go to your father for yourself. Because he's your father too. I will listen. When you pray, I will listen. When you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, promise here. Don't miss this promise. If you look for me wholeheartedly, if you come to me with your whole heart, with your imperfections, but your whole heart, with your flaws, but your whole heart, with your problems, but with your whole heart, guess what? The Bible says you will find me. He's not playing hide and seek. He's just waiting to be sought. And today I want to talk to you from a message called Good for Something. Each and every one of us is good for something. Some of us were told that we were good 
for nothing. We have people speaking death over us. We have people speaking the opposite of what the Lord has said. That's why you got to read your Bibles, even if it's the King James. Because <laughs> in it, you'll find out that the Lord has good plans for you that are to give you two things, a future, hello, and a hope. The devil is a future stealer. And he uses present circumstances to do it. So when you see today's problems, it prevents you from seeing your future. And when you can't see your future, you lose hope. Unless, unless you have down in your heart the truth of the Bible. Where he says, no, no, I have plans for you. Good plans, not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Mark Twain, I love this quote. He says, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. It changes everything. When you find out that why, because there is one. Did you hear me what I say? There is a why. None of us are randomly here. We were all fearfully and wonderfully made for a purpose and for a cause. You know, they say when you are doing work that you love like me, it doesn't feel like you work a day in your life. Does anybody have jobs like that? Shout out to all four of y'all. <laughs> I'm praying for the, for the rest. <laughs> but what if that job that you didn't raise your hand about was a part of your why? What, what? What if that was part of the plan that he thought of long ago? Would it change your perspective? Some of us forgot that job that we didn't raise our hand about is the one we prayed to get. And then we got it. And now we're like, Lord, deliver me. Like, <laughs> you won't in or out, son. You're confusing me. <laughs> so we're going to look today and we're going to dig into the scriptures to learn that we're actually good for something. Because too many of us, through our mistakes, through the lens of bad decisions, have come to the conclusion that there's nothing that the Lord wants to do through me. Mm -mm. Hey, let's help them. Have any of you all, like, sinned real big before? Oh, so y'all some liars. So you're sinning now. We've all fallen short, you read your Bible, of the glory of God. 
Some of y'all just fell short when you didn't answer that question. But we all fall short, (laughs) but it doesn't necessarily negate the plans of God. It might be a detour. You might have took the long route. But what the devil tries to do is make it a permanent disqualification. He tries to dangle it over your head like, see, don't forget what you did. Don't forget how you messed up. Don't forget that sin. Don't forget that addiction. Remember how you kept falling and tripping and slipping and dipping? The Lord don't want nothing to do with that. The problem is when you let the devil talk to you more than the word of God get in you, you start to believe a lie that sounds like a truth. So we're going to go back and we're going to take a look at um, the story of creation to help us come to grips with who we are. But, but before we go to the actual story of creation, we're going to look at an alternate story of creation. Say alternate. It goes like this. On the first day, God created the dog. God said, sit all day by the door of your house and bark at anyone who comes and walks past you. I will give you a lifespan of 20 years. The dog said, listen, that's too long to be barking. Give me 10 years and I'll give you back the other 10. So God agreed. On the second day, God created the monkey. God said, entertain people, do monkey tricks, and make them laugh. I'll give you a 20-year lifespan. The monkey said, monkey tricks for 20 years? I don't think so. (laughs) The dog gave you back 10, so that's what I'll do too, okay? And God agreed. On the third day, God created the cow and told him, you must go to the field with the farmer all day long and suffer under the sun. Have calves and give milk to support the farmer. I will give you a lifespan of 60 years. The cow said, that's kind of a tough life you want me to live for 60 years. Just let me have 20 and I'll give you back 40. And God agreed again. On the fourth day, God created man. God said, eat Sleep, play, marry, and enjoy your life. I'll give you 20 years. Man said, what? Only 20 years? Tell you what. I'll take my 20 and the 40 that the cow gave back and the 10 that the monkey gave back and the 10 that the dog gave back. That makes 80 Okay, God said, you got a deal. So that's why the first 20 years we eat, sleep, play, and enjoy ourselves. The next 40 years we slave in the sun to support our family. The next 10 years we do monkey tricks to entertain our grandchildren. And the last 10 years we sit on the front porch and bark at everyone that walks by. And that's 
the story of life. All right, that's the end of the message. Good day. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> but life, life is a trip. And life is actually finite. We live as though we have plenty of time. But the truth is we don't know exactly how much time we have. And the truth is we have to appreciate the days that God has blessed us with. And now let's look at the actual story of creation when it came to us. It's very important to help us identify who exactly we are. Genesis 1 and 26 starts, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Let us make human beings in our image. This is why we hold the Trinitarian view of God, meaning that we believe that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit exist together as three persons, all equal, all powerful, because they said, let us. They were having a conversation amongst each other. And what they decided was to make us image bearers. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. God looked over all that he made, and he saw it, and it was good. And evening passed, and morning came, making the sixth day. You and the person sitting next to you are an image bearer of God. That, hear me, is your identity. We could end a lot of identity crisis in the church today if we realized our identity is the fact that God decided to make us a bearer of his image. How many of you all had dogs growing up? Raise your hand. Okay, but now, how about cats? I had neither. I had neither. Like, my parents had a bird. I, I don't know. I don't know what the rationale was, but it was all I knew. The bird's name was Shasta. A smart bird, green and yellow, and he would say a few things, but he would just mostly make noise and eat his bird seat. But even looking at how beautiful and intelligent that this bird was, it doesn't even compare to the work and craftsmanship that went into making you. <laughs> if you allowed that to penetrate the inner recesses of your heart, <laughs> you couldn't help but praise him. You couldn't help but wake up with gratitude. You couldn't help 
but walk with a sense of purpose. If you knew that you were and are God's masterpiece. But what happens is we go through life. People give us their opinions of us. People tell us what they believe about us. People tell us the skills that they have identified about us. And we let those thoughts and opinions usurp the definitions that God has assigned to us. We hold the opinions of men higher than we hold the opinions of the king. And that has to stop today because here's the first step in understanding that you were good for something. Number one, you have to realize I am made in his image. I am made in his image. I'm going to read it again. Genesis 1 and 26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. What? To be like us. You're not God, but you are an image bearer. There's a Latin phrase that says, the, uh, that's called the imago Dei. It just simply means that you bear his image. He has given you power that you could not give to yourself. You're not God. Don't mistake anything that I'm saying. Like you're going to go out there and create atmospheres out of nothing. You are an image bearer. Meaning that you bear his likeness. You bear similarities. You were made to resemble him. So the question you have to ask yourself is when people see me, do they see him? Image bearer. When people talk to me, do they feel his presence? Or do they feel someone else's presence? Or do they see someone else's image when they see me? Image bearers. I don't know if you all experienced this in your marriage. I can say this because she's not here. Don't tell her, okay? Between us. But whenever our kids do something good, excel at something, get a compliment about something, she liked to take the credit for it. Well, you know, when I was her age, they used to say the same thing about me. But let any one of these three children mess up. Well, he is your child. They my image bearer when they mess up. They bear her image when they're excelling in life. <laughs> but when people take a look at your life, don't tell her I said nothing. When people take a look at your life. Guys, play it cool, guys, play it cool. Play it cool, focus. Play it cool. When people take a look at your life, 
Do they see the image of a risen Savior or of a fallen demon? What do they see? What do they experience in your presence? Are you the Imago Dei? Are you a reflection of the goodness of Jesus? Now, this ain't easy. We all have days where we just want to tap out, not talk to nobody. That's why Ty is a much better pastor than me. I mean this with all seriousness. She loves people well, way better than me. Because she will spend hours with you on the throne. She will cry with you. She will hug the devil out of you. She will let you know that you're going to make it. She will let you know that the Lord is for you. She will let you know that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And she's going to say it all in the King James Version. Now, when you talk to me, you got about five minutes to get to the point. Respectfully. I just don't have that same temperament. I just need you to tell me what's wrong so I can tell you what the Lord says. But either way, you're going to experience the love of Jesus. It's just going to look a little different. Everybody has different styles. Everybody has different ways and proclivities that the Lord has given them. But at the end of the day, we should be pouring out our lives for his glory. It can be a challenge because of life. I know there are some of you in the room, maybe in the balcony, you wake up every day and the joy of the Lord is your strength automatically. A brother like me, I got to fight for my joy. I'm going to just be honest. Sometimes I'm too transparent up here. and Y'all not sure if y'all want me to be y'all pastor anymore. But I have to, matter of fact, on my, on my iPhone, there's this, there's an app called Reminders. I don't know what Samsungs do. But on iPhones, <laughs> I have a reminder that goes off at 6 a.m. every morning to remind me, and it just says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad, and it's a choice. Why? Why would I do such a thing? Why am I intentional about fighting for my joy? Because I want God to get the glory out of my life. I taught you one Latin phrase, uh, the Imago Dei. On, on the signature of my personal email for the last 20 years, it has a phrase right above my name that says, Soli Deo Gloria. And it's a Latin term that just means all glory to God alone. No matter what I'm doing, no matter where I'm at, I desire for God to get the glory alone. I don't want it. That's why I come up here and talk about myself so y'all don't give me no glory. The glory goes to God. The fact that I'm your pastor is a miracle. I promise you. All 
Glory to God alone. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, is your decisions, is your thoughts, are your actions a reflection of that heart posture? I want God to get the glory out of me, out of what I do, out of where I am. You can't do that until you realize that I am made in his image. That's number one. Number two is I have a purpose in his story. You know we're inside of a story, right? I mean, the book of Revelation is not the end. The story continues today. We have a Bible, but our life is also a part of the beautiful story that God has created. And we all have a part to play in it. I'll remind you again in Genesis 1 and 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And here's your purpose. If you're clueless, if you're unsure, if you're questioned, your purpose is in the next three words. They will reign. They is you. They is me. They will reign. We all have the same purpose. We all were given the same. You're trying to make it fit inside of a church bubble. I don't know if I'm supposed to sing or preach or prophesy. Maybe you're supposed to just be a school teacher. Maybe you're supposed to deliver the mail. Maybe you're supposed to drive the bus. Maybe you're supposed to be the CEO. Whatever it is, you're supposed to reign. You're supposed to bring God's kingdom into the space that God has placed you in. Your purpose doesn't have to have a Christian bow on it. Hello? Can I help you? Can I free you? Most people aren't called to the church. You don't believe me, do you? You think you have to squeeze yourself into one of these five-fold offices, don't you? Well, I'm, I, I think I'm an apostle with a prophetic type. I'm kind of an evangelistic pastor that likes to teach. The offices, if you read your Bible, are gifts from Jesus to the earth. The offices, the five-fold offices are not lanes that everybody has to squeeze into. Most of you are none of the above. And be glad. You don't know what spiritual warfare is until. Be glad. If you are not one of the fivefold, God has people covering this earth doing different things all for his glory. Because the purpose, no matter the, here's the other word, assignment, the purpose doesn't change. The purpose is 
that you are supposed to bring the rule of the kingdom of God to every place that you enter. Hello? Let me give you a clean definition. Your purpose, to bring the kingdom rule of God into every assignment that you're given. There's three words you got to master. There's three words you got to master. Identity, we talked about that earlier. The fact that you are an image bearer of God, that is your identity. The Imago Dei, that's who you are. You are not your spiritual gift. You are not your college degree. You are not your resume. You are the Imago Dei. Identity. The second word you got to master is purpose. I just told you what that is. That is the third word that you got to master too, and that's assignment. You got to know that these things are not interchangeable. These are three different things. So again, your purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into every assignment that you are given, and your assignment is the place where you are currently fulfilling your purpose. I'm going to help you. We're going to get this. Don't worry. You got to know before you leave here that you are good for something. That something is different for everybody, but the purpose is the same. Wherever we are sent by God, we are to bring the kingdom rule of God with us. I was in South Carolina. Wait, I'm sorry. I got to say this one word, South Carolina. I was in South Carolina this week uh, to get some rest because uh, rest is biblical. And so I was there. Uh, uh, resting, and, 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 and we were with some pastors, and we had to, like, introduce ourselves. And he said, kind of, tell your story. I'm like, whoa, um, where you want me to start? Because I've lived quite a few lives. So, so, so I was in high school, I was, I, was, I was a really good football player, and I was an honor student, but I didn't want to go to college at that time. And so I didn't take any of the scholarship business for football, and instead I enlisted into the Army. So I graduated in May, and in August I was in Anniston, Alabama at boot camp. And I spent the next 12 years, I basically was raised into manhood, adulthood from ages 17 to 29 in the Army. And, and I went up the ranks quick, and, and I thought I was going to do that forever, and God said, get out. And I got out, and I didn't know why, and so I had to go on a journey with God. I was disobedient at first. And I didn't listen to him, and then I ended up listening to him later. And then I started another career. After, after I got out, he told me, he said, okay, I want you to be a teacher. And so, and so, and so I went, and I, I got a, a master's degree, and I became a teacher. And I did that for, I don't know, eight, nine years or something like that. And I went from teacher to dean to assistant principals. God said, get out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I didn't, I didn't listen that time. He said, get out this time. And so, and so I got out. And, 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 and along that, that same journey of, 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 of being a teacher, uh, the Lord told my wife and I to start a business called His and Her Money. And so for 10 years, we've been doing that for the last 10 years, helping people get their, get their finances in order. And I, in each of these lanes, had the same purpose. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. When I was a soldier... My purpose was to bring the kingdom rule of God with me into the army. When I was a teacher, my purpose was to bring the kingdom rule of God into the classroom. When I was an entrepreneur, 
My purpose was to bring the kingdom rule of God into that space. The assignments changed. The purpose stayed the same. My identity was intact. My purpose was unchanged, but God will change your assignment. And I was the same in each assignment. Wait, listen. I wasn't trying, hear me, I wasn't trying to be that person in each assignment because in some of those assignments, I wasn't even on Team Jesus. I'd be too real up here. I'm sorry. I've been saved my whole life. But the gifts are without repentance. And so my number one spiritual gift is leadership. That's in Romans 11. And so it came out wherever I went, even when I tried to tuck it in my back pocket. So in the military, I went up the ranks quickly. In education, I went up the ranks quickly. In entrepreneurship, our business took off quickly. Why? Because God had deposited, not, hello, not because I'm special, because God had given me a certain gift that's recognizable even when I didn't recognize him. My identity was intact. My purpose didn't change. But my assignment kept changing. We have a problem when our assignment changes because we are prideful and selfish to our core. And so when God changes the assignment, we look for a man to blame. <laughs> we call it, inhale, exhale, church hurt. That man or that woman did this. And now I don't fool with the church no more. <laughs> that man or that woman did this. So that's why I go to six online churches every Sunday. Because now I don't have no commitment. Because the last time I committed, I got hurt. Maybe the assignment changed. Maybe God had another assignment for you, and if that's the case, that's a good thing. Because God has decided that your work here is finished, but that I have more for you to do. Whenever God shifts the atmosphere, shifts the season, shifts the moment, it means that there is more in store for you. We think we don't have access to God. We think that because of this or because of that, he doesn't hear us. He doesn't see us. He doesn't need us. Now, that last one is true. He don't need you. <laughs> He'll let you go. He'll fire you. He won't just change the assignment. He'll delete that boy. The Bible says that he'll sit down one and raise up another. We can blow it. Don't hear what I'm not saying. 
But if you surrender again, even if you have to surrender again, even if you have to surrender again, even if you have to surrender again, the Bible said that he's rich in mercy, full of grace. But we get to the point to where we don't even reach out to him. We think that he's not, he don't want nothing to do with us. Brings me back to my iPhone. What a wonderful tool that God gave us. I believe that if God had a phone, this is just my opinion. I have no scripture to back this up. But I believe that if God had a phone, it would not be a Samsung Solomon. It, in fact, would be an iPhone. I think the features here are really godly. Like we have a feature called focus. Oh, thank God for focus. I was in South Carolina this week and I was focusing, meaning that I put my phone on do not disturb because I needed to rest. I'm getting pulled in 511 different directions, all for his glory, but I needed some do not disturb time. Now I may or may not have forgotten to turn it back off since I've been home. But it was on do not disturb. But here's the really cool godly, this is why I know he would have an iPhone, thing about do not disturb. I can take somebody and make them a, here it is, favorite. I can label them a favorite. So my beautiful wife is a favorite. My three children are a favorite. My mom is a favorite. So even when my phone is on, do not disturb. If they need to reach out to me, it comes through. Ah, you got to understand that you're God's favorite. <laughs> you got to understand, forget what the devil is saying. You are God's favorite. So when you call, the Bible said, I will listen is that what the verse said when you pray i will listen stop letting the devil lie to you pray ask and then he will listen he will answer he will respond he loves you with all of his heart and 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 he has a plan for you you are a part of his story. Yes, you. Yes, you. You. Yes, you have a part to play in his story. The devil is a liar. Now, we have to be good stewards because we have a part to play. He does love us. We are his favorite. But you can't let that make you arrogant. Because you're not better than anybody else. Because they're image bearers too. <laughs> so the fact that we're chosen, the fact that we're used, the fact that we're in his plan <laughs> is a blessing. We haven't earned it. We don't deserve it. But thank God for it. But we have to be careful not to lord it over people. 
not to become puffed up, not to become arrogant. Matthew 20 and 25 says it like this. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world loaded, lord it over the people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Some church people do this too. They get a little position. They get a little title. Maybe even a little collar. And they start to lord it over people. They start to look down on people. And it's unbiblical. The Lord will sit you down and raise up another that's humble, that appreciates the fact that they're being used and don't think that they're being used because of some special gift that they possess. Anything special about them is God-given. That's why I don't be tripping on people. I barely give anybody title. I barely use my titles because it ain't about me. I have no problem with submitting to authority. I have no problem loving people. Why? Because it's not about me. I'm inside of his plan. My life is to bring him glory. So I don't care what you call me as long as you call him savior. I'm good. I'm cool. I'm straight. Just call on the master. I can introduce you to him. I can let you know a little bit more about him. I can walk with you on your discipleship, but give him the glory. That's what we're supposed to do with our gifts. The Bible says that we're given spiritual gifts to serve the body, not to serve our ego. We ain't never had no popularity until we got in the church and we don't know how to use it. Is that too real, babe? Should I take that back? Okay. Some of y'all, the first time y'all was ever popular was when you got up on the stage at a church. And it went straight to your head. I can put this mic down today and never pick it back up and I'm good. But you got to be careful that being used by God doesn't become your identity. Mm-mm. Your identity is image bearer. Your purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into your assignment. And your assignment is where you're currently being used by God. Even if that's at home, raising your children full time. Because that's a great work. That is a part of his plan. Whatever your assignment is, whatever it is, don't become arrogant. Don't flaunt it over people. It goes on to say, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. See, I ain't tell y'all that in your little leadership school. Whoever wants to be a leader in the kingdom has to be a servant. If you're not a servant, you don't qualify for leadership. Simple. It's simple. If people got to carry your water, but you are unwilling to carry the water of anyone else, disqualify. <laughs> if you want people to be on time to your meeting, but you're not on time to the meeting of your superior, disqualified. If you can't come pack toys for underprivileged children, 
<laughs> but you want a microphone disqualified. Because in the kingdom, whoever among you wants to be a leader, whoever among you wants to be a leader, you don't got to come tap me on the shoulder. You don't got to email me. You don't have to send me no message. You got to serve. <laughs> I'll see you if you serve because I'm there serving too, genius. Because I believe the Bible. I'm not the pastor in the back. I'm out front, baby. I'm right there. Hey, God bless you. I love you. You want to find me? You find me on the front line serving. Because I believe what the Bible says about leadership. For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came not to be served. How you always want to be served when Jesus came not to be served. Where's your heart for the kingdom? Where's your heart for the master? Is your only ambition to be the man? Is your only ambition to be the woman? God, I know God has placed so much in me. That's cool. Could you help us clean the bathrooms, though? Hello? We need some people to vacuum the church after service. What's that doing to your spirit? Huh? Your spiritual gifts acting up, ain't they? <laughs> clean the bathroom. <laughs> be in the parking lot. My God. You're not qualified. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I love this quote by Martin Luther King, though. He says that, 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 that anybody can be great. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. Everybody can be great. Do you want to be great? And if you don't, that's another conversation we've got to have because you should. Because Jesus died for you. He didn't die for you to be average or below average. He died, shed his blood, got back up for you to be great for his glory. Anyway, you have what it takes because you can serve. You have what it takes to be great because you have what it takes to serve. <laughs> but we can't get you to watch the kids downstairs. Why? Because you want to be served in here. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't miss church. <laughs> no, no, no. I got to get the word. The Lord has been too good to me. Them kids going to have to figure out the Bible by themselves. Their parents should teach them. It's not even a kingdom mindset. There's nothing kingdom about that heart posture. If everything is about you, you have already been moved out the way. You just don't know it yet. Because you can't be used by God Excuse me. You won't be used by God if you're only looking to be served. First Peter says it like this, and now a word to you who are elders in the churches. Wow. Wow. I know it's a lot of people that really, 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 really want a position in here. Are we this new hot thing? There's opportunity. Two churches came together. Let me slide on in there. Let me bring my little resume. Let me tell them what I used to do. 
Because here it is, they need me. No, we don't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And that's not me being arrogant. That's me having the word of the Lord over my life about what this church is going to be. And I would love for you to be a part of it, but if you ain't, baby, it's all good. God's got plenty of churches. But this house is going to be filled with servants. I already know. 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 This house is going to be filled with servants, which become leaders. Because in the kingdom of God, you don't get to jump over servanthood into leadership. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. 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 So you got to get that in your heart now. Listen, listen. You should want to serve. I, I'm, I'm way over my time because the Lord is planting my feet right here. You should have in your heart to serve. Why? Because Jesus served you in a way that you could not serve yourself. He died in your place because you weren't qualified to bear the weight of your own sins. He came off of his throne, made a decision to get on that cross because he said, no man takes my life. He made a decision to get on that cross with you in his mind, your sins in his mind, your mistakes in his mind. And he said, nail me anyway. <laughs> so how could you come in the house of the Lord looking for a title? How could you? He didn't look for a title, and he's God. The only thing he looked to do was to serve. He understood his role in the story. Do you understand your role? Part of the things that you got to understand is the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. Because some of y'all, y'all go into your workspaces you go into your group chats. You go to the family barbecues and y'all turn and adjust to the temperature that was already present before you got there. But instead, God says, you're supposed to set the temperature. The atmosphere is supposed to change when you show up. <laughs> you don't adjust to the temperature, you set it. And people are supposed to adjust to you. Why? Because of the purpose that God has given you. To bring the kingdom rule of God wherever you go. You have to be the one that sets the temperature. Why are people so comfortable cursing around you? No, 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 I'm not being legalistic, but I'm just asking a question. Why is it so easy for them to talk reckless and act reckless and be reckless around you is because you've adjusted. You're not setting the temperature. And that's a requirement as a kingdom citizen. You're a thermostat. You're not a thermometer. We set the temperature and the atmosphere wherever we go. Whatever assignment we're fulfilling, we don't adapt to the temperature of the world. We said it. Remember, he told us to be light in dark places. Remember, he told us to be salt in the earth. 
He didn't tell us to be like them. He said, come from among them. He said, don't be like them. He said, do not conform. But a lot of us are conforming. A lot of us are adjusting. A lot of us are adjusting to the temperature that was handed to us. Ephesians 4 and 1 says this. I need y'all to get this down. Therefore, I, this is Paul talking, a prisoner for serving the Lord. He wanted to let you know his qualifications. Like, I'm in prison because I gave my life to the Lord and dedicated it. And now he's begging. He said, I'm pleading with you. Lead a life worthy of your calling. So you want to be brother such and such, sister such and such? Well, lead a life worthy of your calling. Lead a life. Not lead a ministry. Not lead a prayer group. Huh? Hello? Lead a life. What you do when the lights is off? What you do when the mic ain't on? What you do when the church is closed? That's your life. Live a life worthy of your calling. Your, your assignment, it requires gratitude. No matter what it is, even if you think it's not ideal, it's still a God-given assignment. And be grateful for it because God is watching Remember, God doesn't look at the outside. He searches the intentions of the heart. Are you going to work every day mumbling, crumbling, fumbling, bumbling? Is there any joy anywhere? Are you grateful at all? Well, let's work on that. Be grateful for your assignment and be faithful to your purpose. This is my last point. I, I, I definitely think it's important that you understand that you're made in this image and absolutely you need to know that you have a purpose in the story. And the last thing is that he has commanded a blessing over me. Some of us, we don't feel blessed. Life don't look blessed. Marriage ain't blessed, according to you. Well, I got to read that, that passage of scripture again. Genesis 1. I'll go 27 through 29 to help you realize this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Then God blessed them and said, fill the earth and govern. Then God blessed them, reign over the fish in the sea. Then God blessed them, the birds in the sky. Then God blessed them and all the animals that scurry along the ground, and God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth for your food. God blessed them. God has blessed you. No matter what your particular assignment may be, you're blessed. No, 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 listen, you're blessed. I know it's not perfect. I know there's still some things that got to be figured out. I know there's still some treatments that you have to endure. I know that there are some bills you still have to pay. There's some counseling you still need to attend. But you're blessed. <laughs> How do I know that? You have a pulse. And if you have a pulse, God still has a plan. And if you still have a pulse, your purpose still has not changed. 
And that tells us, that lets us know, that clues us in, that despite imperfections, we're blessed. Blessed doesn't mean perfect. Blessed doesn't mean I'm going to be a millionaire. Blessed don't mean that I'm going to find my Boaz. No. Blessed means that God's purpose for me is still active. I'm blessed because of that. I'm blessed because he died for me. I'm blessed because he chose me. I'm blessed because he's using me. I'm blessed because I'm still here. <laughs> I'll give you one last scripture and we'll go home and watch the bears lose. I'm a realist. I'm a realist. John 4, you keep your faith. John 4, 31 through 34. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. My nourishment, I get satisfaction, I find fulfillment in doing the will of God. I don't need applause. I don't need a crowd. I don't need an amen. I don't need a cosign. I don't need a flyer or a graphic. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Whose work? His work. Is that enough for you? Quick question. Is the will of God enough for you to find fulfillment? Are you nourished by serving God with your life? Or are you still with your hand out? God, please give me. God, please give me. God, please give me. God, please give me. What if just serving was all that he gave you? What if an opportunity to do his will was your portion? Would that be enough? You got to know that you're good for something. You are. That's why you're still here. You got to know that you are made in his image. You are the Imago Dei. Yes, you. I'm talking about you. I know. I know you messed up yesterday. I know that things aren't perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just got to surrender. You just got to believe. You are an image bearer, and you do have a purpose in his story. And he has spoken a blessing over your life. Let's stand. Thank you for being part of today's episode. To stay connected, please visit us at PurposeCityChurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. 
Your support means the world to us. As you go about your day, remember to make a meaningful difference in the world. Thanks for listening.